You're on. I'm on. Good afternoon. So good to see everybody here today. Praise the Lord. My beautiful wife surprised me. My knees kind of buckled when I saw her standing outside there. Anyway, uh, chapter 10 in the book of James, warnings to the rich. Somewhat of a tough chapter, but there's some really awesome things in it. It starts out, now listen, you rich people. Weep well because of the misery that is coming to you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Now, what he is saying here, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not the money, or it's not the men, it's the money who drives us to be greedy. So I'm going to uh, start with something. When I first started teaching school back in the mid-70s, some of you can remember that, some not. I saw a bumper sticker, and it read, he who dies with the most toys wins. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. I kind of adopted that philosophy. It didn't work out real well. <clears throat> See, that was me. You know, I, I thought I had to have all the toys. I went out and bought a Corvette when I first started teaching. Bought a couple snowmobiles, some other things. Come to find out, well, actually, there was a joke going around Maple Crest School that, what kind of car are you going to drive this week? Or this month? I mean, seriously, that's what it was. <clears throat> I soon realized that wasn't me. I thought I had it all, and I was truly wrong. And I realized that when I got married in 1982 to that lovely lady. She had two little boys, two and three, and it was like me driving through McDonald's, and I had two instant Happy Meals. <laughs> that humbled me like nothing else. Still does to this day. So blessed. We've all read about people who seemingly had it all. Bernie Madoff a few years ago. That didn't work out very well for him. And then I just read last week some of you may remember a tennis star by the name of Boris Becker, who had it all as well. He was sentenced last week to two and a half years in prison. He didn't manage his wealth, he didn't do the right things, and he frauded people, and he's now serving time. And the list goes on and on, I don't want to mention any names. I mean, we've all seen it know who people are, and they just use their wealth in the wrong way. <clears throat> I'm going to read something out of Luke. 
Luke 12, 13 through 15, Jesus is talking. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. So if you really want to know what's rich, let me give you some statistics. If you have a roof over your head and a place to sleep, you are richer than 75% of the world. That's a lot of people. If you have money in the bank, your wallet, some spare change, you are among the top 8% of the world's wealthy. If you woke up this morning with more health than illness, you were more blessed than the million people who will not survive this week. That's right. If you have never experienced the dangers of the battle, the agony of imprisonment or torture, or the horrible pangs of starvation, you are luckier than 500 million people alive and suffering. We have a lot of blessings, people. A lot of things to be thankful for. We are sitting in this room. We are rich. Amen. You got Christ right here, you're rich. Amen. I'm telling you. <clears throat> we need to let these examples resonate with us. You know, when they do that, I mean, I get excited. When I think about all that, it just makes me want to dance like Chuck McCoskey. <laughs> the man, the man could dance. First Timothy six ten. The Apostle Paul writes that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. You know, we've heard of many years. Money is the root. It is a root. It's not the root. That's it's right. just one that we choose to make. Yet we also know that money can be used for good. Think of a time when you were blessed by financial generosity of a fellow believer. How did it affect your life? I have a couple examples. About two of my sons where this community stepped up and helped my wife and I in a time of need. Their blessings, their prayers surrounded us. There was an evening when our youngest son needed some prayer and some gentlemen in this room and others surrounded our home with a circle of prayer friends. It was unbelievable. Craig was really surprised, blessed, and very thankful for that evening. 
as we all were. You know, we received some gifts from people, some anonymously, some not, which were unexpected. And then, you see, we lost Craig nine years ago to cancer. But his colleagues, the kids he went to school with, stepped up in a mighty way. You see, this whole thing is about seizing the opportunity that God presents to us throughout our lives. We've been gifted with many resources, money, um, reputation, a platform to use to get the message out to people. We've all been blessed with things of this nature. And these kids stepped up before Craig had passed and organized a golf tournament to help raise money for him and some of his medical expenses. They did this because, to begin with, they orchestrated a spaghetti dinner for him. And they had some leftover money, and they said, let's do a golf tournament and raise it for charity, which they did. This year in September will be our 10th one. It's going pretty strong. And what we do, that money goes to the Community Foundation of Howard County, and we are awarding two scholarships this year to high school seniors. It's just amazing what God can do with you if you let him, That's right. you seize the opportunity. He's going to present them time and time again throughout our lives. We just got to be, you got to have your eyes open, your ears, and just seize that opportunity. <clears throat> See, we all have those resources. Money, recognition, platform, spread. And it leads me to think, one gentleman who sees the opportunity was a guy by the name of Bob Gray. <clears throat> See, Bob played basketball for me many years ago, as I was his coach, as he tells it. Bob never saw a shot he didn't like. <laughs> so, he seized the opportunity. Credit to them, though, to Bob, on the rare occasion he made one, he would always give glory to God. He does so much to that today, it's unbelievable. Bob is truly a mentor to all of us and has been to me especially. But you see, it's just a thing, an example of where we have to seize the opportunity. I got a quote from Hank Aaron. He said, he does not want to be remembered for hitting over 700 home runs, having a career batting average of 300, but he wants to be remembered as someone who chose to help people and make life better for them. Amen to that. Amen. I think he did just fine in that, in that respect. These are some things that money cannot buy. Your health, a home, you can buy a house, but not a home. Respect, friendship, love, wisdom, purpose, happy kids, happiness, and time. So we have to make the most of what we have, gentlemen, each and every day. 
when um, Craig was in the hospital for the last time. You're good. How are you? I'm good. All right. Is that my fault? <laughs> there was a doctor there, a young lady who came in one evening and asked him, you know, basically how he felt and then <clears throat> asked him if he was mad at God. Craig looked at her and said, no, I'm not mad at God. He said, I just hate cancer. I mean, that's the approach he took. And I'm, I was sitting there and thinking, wow. <coughs> we did something right. <coughs> James 5, 6, 1, which we read, he proclaims the worthlessness of riches, not the worthlessness of the rich. Today's money will be worthless when Christ returns. So we should spend our time accumulating the kind of treasures that will be worthwhile in God's eternal kingdom. Money is not the problem. Christian leaders need money to live and support their families. Missionaries need money to help them spread the gospel. Churches need money to do what work needs to be done. So again, it's not that. It's not that money's not the problem. It's how we choose to use it. That's right. And the rest of our resources, our generosity. I'll tell you a quick story about that. Jamie and I were in Florida recently, a couple months ago, and we were having dinner one evening. And Nice young man was our was our waiter, and uh, I think Jamie asked him what his name was. And he said Craig. I said well, we have a son named Craig. So the evening goes on, and he waits on us. He's a terrific young man. Well, afterwards, Jamie strikes up a conversation with him and explains to him who Craig was. And come to find out, this young man, who was in the early 30s, I believe, is a Christian. And he's working on his own business, starting up a Christian website for people. And he, he talked for you for probably 10 or 15 minutes, I believe. So what we did, we blessed him with a nice, nice tip just to help him out. It's things like this when they, when they come your way, you just seize that moment. Seize the moment and be thankful that God presented that moment to us. You know? You see, Judgment Day, someday, it will not matter how rich you were, the car you drove, the house you lived in, or how popular you were. You see, on that day, only a relationship with Jesus Christ will matter. All the success and riches 
the pleasures and the good times can never truly satisfy you if you're not right with God. They will all just fade away. Only a personal relationship with Jesus Christ can satisfy because he is the one who created you and all of us. He is the one who will satisfy our hearts. As I reflect on this book, there are so many good things, which we've all said, everybody's presented this book of James so far, has said it. It's one of the best books in the Bible, as short as it is. It tells us really how to live. And you see that first part where I said about the bumper sticker. I mean, it, it, and then I, I read this book and everything. It was speaking to me in a big way. You know, we have to humble ourselves each and every day before the Lord. And we can do things, just simple things. It puts a smile on his face. You open the door for somebody. Help carry someone's groceries. Take them to a doctor's appointment. I trust me, Jesus is smiling on you when you do those things. He's smiling on you. Another crown for you. About three weeks ago, uh, Jamie and I were blessed again. Uh, Craig's girlfriend at the time when he became ill still had uh, a couple of possessions of his. And I got a text from her or a message from her wanting to know if I wanted those. Responded yes, and she sent me the week of my birthday two watches that belonged to him. Uh, Craig always liked watches. I've got three or four of them now, and so I chose today to wear one. <coughs> Just to. Uh, honor him for what he stood for, but more, more so importantly, to honor Christ, to honor him, how he took care of my son for seven months. We were, you know, we prayed, the Bible tells us to pray incessantly, just keep praying, and we did that. Kept praying for a miracle, because the first time we were up there and got the news, I knew that young man needed a miracle. And actually, as I reflect back on it, we got that miracle. See, he was supposed to pass within about three months. He didn't pass for seven months. We had a summer together, a good summer, blessed by Jesus Christ and Father God. It's like, okay, Rick and Jamie, and we'll give you that miracle for four months, and then he's coming home with me. I have a lot of peace about that, for I know where he's at. And you see, having that peace and the feelings inside of knowing how Jesus loves all of us, that's the richest that we can be. Nothing else compares. Nothing. 
compares to Jesus and his love for us. Money's not going to buy it. Nothing else is either. I'm going to close with a couple things here. One thing in particular. It's all right, I'm done with it. This is something I saw, I don't know, a couple months ago. And I just wrote it down, and I didn't really know that I was going to be using it in a talk. Thank you very much. You just got another crown. Praise the Lord. <laughs> if you want to be happy for an hour, eat a steak. You want to be happy for a day, play golf. Want to be happy for a week, go on a cruise. You want to be happy for a lifetime, put your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. This is a quote from Lou Holtz, Chap remembers. There's so much truth in that. So you see, it all comes down to this. What do we do with our possessions? How do we handle that? How do we help people out who need that help? You know, we can volunteer for any number of organizations. You people are volunteering right now just by being here. The Lord has blessed you. See, this stuff right here, these are riches that you can't buy. You can't put a price on this stuff. And you know, the other thing I'll close with is that, uh, you know, I went through cancer 13 years ago. And I never once asked, why me? But I have to, I have to be uh, very transparent with you. When Craig became sick, and I, I questioned God, I had a lot of conversations with him. I had a lot of questions, which it took me a while, but I realized once I have the answer to those questions, it won't matter. It simply won't matter. Because you see, I won't get those until I get to heaven. And it won't matter then. There's people up there I'm going to be with. But the, the one thing that I really questioned was, why did you take him and not me? I struggled with that. I'm in peace with now because I know Craig's not in any pain. God answered that prayer. We're forever thankful for that. So in closing, I just want to thank you all for listening. I know this wasn't, hopefully I didn't bore you too much. But any time... All of us, if we have an opportunity to help someone, just help them any way we can, any way. Let me pray for you.
Heavenly Father, thank you so much, so much for these men in this room today. Please bless them. I lift them all up to you. Bless their families. Put a hedge of protection around them and their families as we move forward. Lord God, we love you with all our hearts. Please keep sending those opportunities to us so that we may give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Amen. You said what you had to say. You did good.